Welcome to the You Can Man podcast, episode 53. I'm Tim. And I'm Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to listen. Up. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right, guys, welcome back to the You Can Man podcast, where we believe what one man can do, you can do as well, with a little help from your friends and proper know-how. Look, guys, this week's going to be different, all right, because I don't have Dave or Josh here with me this week, but I thought, you know what? We're going to record anyways, and so I have my very, very, very good friend, lifelong friend, haven't known a time that I did not know him, my friend Brandon here on the show with us. Brandon, say hello. Hi, everybody. Yeah, and so it's just going to be me and Brandon this week, and Brandon just so happens to be a small engine repair expert. I feel like he's an expert, and so I'm going to be, we're just going to have a conversation about some small engine repair stuff that I feel like uh, a lot of people don't know. And a lot of people just kind of give up on their small engines really, really easily when they probably could fix them or give them to Brandon, either one. So anyways, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. But wanted to give you kind of an update. So Josh had the flu. He did not have the coronavirus. He, he did, in fact, have the flu. And then um, out of an abundance of caution, he said, you know what, guys? And he distanced myself or just, you know, especially with all this craziness going on. And so we're like, yep, cool. Get that. I guess we could have set up some sort of remote thing, but we're still kind of figuring that out. But then also Josh, uh, their family, they've got a small um, and small. Well, of course it's small. <laughs> they have a baby. Uh, I wouldn't call him a newborn anymore. He's several months old, but uh, they've got a young, very young child in their home. And so Josh is a little bit on lockdown over the Corona thing. And so we're trying to figure out going forward, doing more of some remote stuff over these next couple of weeks, different format this week. So I hope you guys like it. And I hope you guys like hearing from my lifelong friend, Brandon. I've actually been trying to get him to come on the show for a very long time and he has fought it and fought it and so finally he's here and we're going to be talking some small engine repair okay so first i want to say that i credit brandon as being i i think that tons of the stuff that i know is because of you right uh, sure. Sure. Yes, totally. Okay. So it all goes back to Brandon got this 1974 Ford Maverick. It was his first car. This is your grandmother's car, right? Yep. It was a four door. It was the ugly ones. I, I know, Brandon. Sorry. It, it, it was. It was. But anyway, so we got our start working on cars on that thing because it needed a lot of work, right? Uh, it, it just sat for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah, did tons of work on that. Uh, my Bronco is where it is today because of Brandon. If I did not have Brandon's help on my 1975 Ford Bronco project that you guys have heard me talk about before, it took Brandon and I like a year to complete that project. It's still not technically complete. It's never complete, right? But 
without having Brandon, I would have never been able to complete that. And then also Brandon did tons of work with me on my major house renovation. So needless to say, I am who I am today because of Brandon in so many respects. And so I greatly appreciate him. And anyways, but I really hope that Brandon can be himself on the show today (laughs) because Brandon's actually hilarious. I don't know if that's going to come through on this show, but we're going to have him back again. Uh, Hopefully he'll come back. Maybe hopefully he's not going to be scarred uh, from this show. But anyways, let's have a conversation about small engine repair, Brandon. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I kind of wanted to approach this topic by thinking through when somebody brings you a small engine. So they let's say it's a blower, right? Gas, uh, a backpack, you know, gas powered blower. Two cycle stuff. Yeah, two cycle stuff. You know, how do you go about diagnosing issues? What are the first steps you're thinking through? Because. There's seriously, there's so many people like people just kind of know that Brandon does this and they'll just seriously, people just give you stuff sometimes because they don't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. They give up on it or any, anything is fixable. uh, But a lot of times it's not worth fixing and that plays into so many other things too. Right. Now, when you say not worth fixing, it's that can be twofold, either, either their time or the parts that it takes to fix it. If, if you don't have the know-how, it's not worth fixing because right. it, you could go buy another one for, you know, 30 to $50 more than what you would spend having your old one repaired. Exactly. So the alternative, you know, I guess if you're going to take it to a small engine repair place, like an actual professional establishment retail place or whatever, when you add up the costs, you're thinking, uh, yeah, I don't know. So a lot of times people will know that Brandon kind of does this on the side and they'll be like, yeah, maybe I'll see if Brandon can take care of it. And then a lot of times people just, they're like, hey, I know Brandon messes with small engines, so I'm just going to give it to him. Because like, so my father-in-law had that old mower, right? He couldn't get that started. And he was just going to toss it, I think. I was like, you know what? Let me see if Brandon can do something with it. And seriously, I think you had that thing going in like 15 minutes. Yeah. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but so anyways, Brandon has extensive knowledge with this. So I just kind of wanted to start by walking us through, okay, somebody just dropped off the small engine, two cycle engine. What do you, what do you, what are the steps? Like, what are you going to do first? Or what are the questions you're going to ask them about its history? Uh, that just depends. Most people, you know, tell you what, uh, it's not starting. Okay. That's, that's generally the only thing you get. Right. But the secret to it all, and this goes from two cycle to four stroke stuff. It's always the carburetor. Usually. <laughs> always the carburetor. Always. Always. Now we did, we have talked before about, um, I shot another podcast about old gas, like gas does go bad. However, that still relates back to the carburetor because the reason why your carburetor went bad is because it had bad gas sitting in the bowl of the carburetor, right? And it's uh, dirty fuel, water in the fuel, all that stuff. Right. So, but you probably dumped a gas if somebody told you that it was old gas, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's, uh, as a matter of fact, my neighbor was having, he had bought a new, really nice backpack blower, and he was having problems with it. 
uh, maybe, I don't know, it was probably a couple weeks, but turns out he had like, I don't know, four tablespoons of water in the bottom of the gas tank. We dumped it out and put uh, put some fresh gas in it that I just happened to get a couple of days before and it was perfectly fine. And how, how do you think the water got there? Was it just sitting outside somehow? Yeah, it was probably in a gangly old gas can missing the lid or whatever. Right. Okay, so that's a very do-yourself thing. You can always dump your gas. So always make sure to do that. So In an you, eco-friendly way. Right. <laughs> Don't just pour it on your grass. Right. Uh, yeah. Or in the drain. Yeah. Or down the sewer drain. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely something that you need to do is dump the gas. If you got any question about you got problems cranking it, then look, that's a super easy thing to do. Dump the gas, get some fresh gas. Okay. So let's move on to when you say it's always a carburetor, I'm thinking a lot of people hearing that are just like, not worth fixing, but it can be if you want to get into it and you want to spend the time and learn that skill of how to do that. And I feel like changing carburetors on small motors is not that difficult. So walk us through a little bit of that. And if, it, if you feel like it's worth doing, how many times you've done it in the past, kind of what are the, what, what's this going to cost me? Well, what, what exactly do you mean? What are some of the symptoms that you're having? Well, I would say like if it's not, if it's not starting, right? And like like you were talking about, and you said it's always a carburetor. So yeah. what are, what are the things that I'm looking for that are telltale signs of a bad carburetor? Like, do I need to go ahead first step and take it all the way apart, or do I need to look at the lines going to it and that sort of thing? Uh, you can check the lines, make sure they're not dry rotted and you know cracking apart. But that's uh. That only happens on like really older stuff. Like if you pull like a leaf blower or a weed whacker out of your grandfather's shed or something, and it still has the old old style fuel lines that aren't ethanol friendly, uh, you run ethanol gas through it and it'll just demolish the fuel lines. But uh, you can start there if all of that checks out. Usually, the some of the ports will get gunked up with stuff uh you know again again the main thing is if you have a super old gas container probably time to get a new one because they because you got sediment and stuff yeah you accumulate stuff in there and that's going to find its way into the carburetor. the carburetor every time yeah even even through the little filter that's in the gas tank it somehow it just finds its way in right okay so t talk to us about how hard is that something like you, you can take a carburetor apart on a small engine, right? I mean, it's not that it's it's actually not that complicated on a small engine. No, there it's usually uh, five screws to to get it open and apart. And what are you using to clean it out with? Just like brake, brake parts cleaner, brake parts cleaner. Yep, go down. I don't bit. need carb cleaner. Nope, nope. You just go I've down and pro tip. I found that the cheapest brake parts cleaners always consistently Walmart. Yes, and that stuff is awesome. Yeah, I always. I don't know if if you if you do this or not, but sometimes if I if I'm just like at Walmart, I'm like, I should go pick up a couple cans of brake parts cleaner. Yes, yes. I go through that stuff. It's just so handy for all kinds of stuff. So I'll actually just stock that in my. I've got actually some lockers in my garage and uh, one of them's kind of dedicated to like 
WD-40, brake parts cleaner. So I'll usually stock a few cans of that and keep it there. Okay, so cheap brake parts cleaner does the trick. Yep. I can take that thing apart and clean it all out, put it back together. And is that usually what does it, just kind of cleaning out the carburetor? or Yeah, most of the time. There's other things too, but they're more involved. Uh, and some you would need a specialty equipment, i.e. a compression tester, spark checker, all that kind of stuff. Technically, you don't need the spark checker. You can do it. The easy way, which let, is let it shock you, <laughs> right? Or well, you can hold the screwdriver up like close to the yeah, but that's no fun. Well, yeah, but and, well, you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't actually hurt that much. No, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's, but you know, those spark checkers are cheap, anyways. So yeah, unless you like getting shocked. So you would say that most people just kind of give up on their small engines like way too quickly, yeah? Yeah. And I mean, here's my train of thought. Like I learned how to do all this stuff just by doing it. Like I I couldn't afford to take anything I had to a shop or whatever and have it fixed. So I would just tinker with it. And it's all it's all pretty much the same. Um, But going back to... The carburetor issues is you've got your the diaphragm pump is on one side. Now this is like two cycle, uh, four cycle or four. Yeah, we'll just keep it a two cycle because I think that's just the most common. Yeah, and now I hate two cycles. And when we say two cycle, that's the easy way. Any motor that's taking the gas and oil mixture. Yep. Yeah, but basically, uh, you can take. Take that off. That's usually the first place that junk accumulates is under the diaphragm because that's where the the fuel goes into the carburetor. And that thing is very delicate. So when you're removing that, right, if I remember right from my experience or no, is it not? Uh, if they're newer, no. Uh, uh, okay. It's only only the old ones. They get like dry rotted because they or Well, I don't know if they're dry rotted or not, but uh, yeah, you know, just so much fuel, fuel on them. Yeah, all so the much time. fuel running past. So that makes sense. So, okay, so you kind of peel that back. Yep. And you can you can see the garbage sitting in there. There's a little screen inside of that too. Uh but then moving past that, uh you go into your the needles, which are the adjustment points. I I can't remember the technical name. You can back those things out, blast carb cleaner down in them. But there's there's a lot of other symptoms like maybe let's say you can get the thing to run, uh, you can get it to start on choke and then like it it'll run for a little bit and then shut off. Yeah, see, this is good information here because this is more of like a diagnosis type stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, either either which way you're going to do the same thing, but like you're going to take the carburetor off, take it apart and clean it and. A lot of times you can get by with not changing any of the gaskets. Like you don't have to get a rebuild kit or anything like that. You just open open the thing up and hose it down with parts cleaner. Get all the gunk out of it. And sometimes it's as simple as an adjustment. Uh, they're set from the factory like a new new device, whatever it is, weed whacker, leaf blower. They're set from the factory. But then after... And the tolerances are there, but after use, everything loosens up. Some of the tolerances changes, so the air-fuel mixture needs to change, this, that, and the other. 
And there, it's really simple to make adjustments to, provided you have the right screwdriver. I think there's about four different styles of screwdriver. You can hop on Amazon and get one of the multi-pack. Or Harbor Freight. I don't think Harbor Freight has this. What? Yeah. I think that's one of the things they don't have. That's weird. Yeah. So, and I know those those screwdrivers used to be really, really expensive. Huh. And, like, I never, I've never had any. There's, like, that Pac-Man shape one, and there's, like, uh, inverted Torx, and then there's some other kind of inverted shape. They're, they get weird. Okay. We'll try to post a link to these random screwdrivers Brandon's talking about. Yeah. Okay, well, and and that's, you know, you kind of start getting into the art of that, too, of just, like, the experience of knowing what the engine sounds like while you're cranking it. Yep, that's that's another thing. Uh, You can, uh, basically, all of that stuff is tuned by ear. I mean, that's something we can't just talk about on the podcast because it's kind of just one of those experience things. So it's kind of difficult for us to explain and how to diagnose that. But that would probably be your next step after you've cleaned the carburetor, you know. Um, so you, you cleaned it and you diagnosed you probably didn't need a rebuild kit because all the gaskets and stuff looked really, really solid. You cleaned it out. Yep. And then you're still having problems cranking it. And so that's when you're going to start messing with the air gas. Air yeah, the gas, air fuel mixture. Air fuel mixture, yeah. Yep. Uh, but that that part is a little bit more difficult to... It's through, not but. it's not super difficult. I mean, there's tons of videos of people doing that. And one one way around getting those screwdrivers, if you have a Dremel, you can a lot of times go in with the little cutoff disc and actually just make whatever screw a flat. Oh, head. that's a good idea. Yeah, because <clears throat> then you have to buy the stupid screwdrivers. Yeah, just make but I own. mean, the screwdrivers are a lot easier. If, sure. Like if this is like your first time messing with it or whatever, that's a lot easier. Okay. Um, yeah, one thing I was just thinking that I wanted to to say, I know that, um, I, my, well, it's my dad's, it's a steel chainsaw. And that steel motors, um, S-T-I-H-L, the, the brand, they will flood very very easily and so gas will get on the spark plug and then that thing will foul out and it will not crank that takes the plug out sometimes and dry it off and put it back in and then it'll crank Um, but i think that tons of people have done that thinking oh my gosh my motor's just shot and all it is is it just got fuel on the plug and the plug fouled out have you experienced that when people not, I mean, stuff. every once in a while, like it's where people like put the choke on and then like try to start it for like 20 minutes. Like it, it's going to get. Yeah, of course. It gets flooded is what happens. And then you got to pull the plug, yank on the cord a bunch, get, get some of that or better yet, blow some compressed air and with the plug out down the cylinder head. Uh, to kind of blow all those vapors out, uh, right. put the plug back in, and then yank on it and see what happens. Okay. Well, th- I mean, I think that's probably going to do it. Just kind of like a little primer on small engine repair. We just wanted to stress that this is something you can do. And even uh, putting a new carburetor on, I guess we didn't get to that. Let's let's actually talk about that real quick while, as we wrap up, because 
a lot of people would think, can I do that on a small engine? Yes, you oh, totally yeah. can. And talk to us about what what are the prices on something like that? Just like a backpack blower. I mean, I guess it can run the gamut, but what's like best case scenario usually on like the most common brand that you could think of? Uh, they're, well, if you buy name brand carburetors like a Zama or something like that, those, it, it basically depends on what model it is. And I mean, it's like minute details as, as to like the angle that the cable, the, like the throttle cable, the little butterfly that's on the outside it you know that could be two degrees and one is like four degrees or something like that and it's like a big difference in price or what it's basically pricing is based off of uh whatever model you're using sure but just if you could throw out like what's the range uh like home like homeowner model ones not like pro models what do you feel like like on a backpack blower, what are we talking? Like thirty dollars? Uh, they they can go to that much. It just again, it depends. I know. Um, like you're saying, thirty dollars is a higher end. Yeah, that's because I'm thinking like I mean, you really? can get them as cheap as eleven bucks. Okay, see, that's what I wanted to know because yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking that these carburetors are can be super cheap, and honestly, even thirty bucks, like to me. I'm like, I mean, I guess it depends on the age of the motor, but I'm I'm thinking that's probably worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's super easy to change over. Like a lot of times those come like quote unquote pre-tuned, so you don't really have to mess with that. It's not that's not a big deal. You pull the fuel lines off, uh, most of them have a return and a suction line. Pull those off, take the two screws out, two to four screws out that hold the carburetor in place off of the air cleaner, swap over your, uh, or disconnect the throttle cable, and usually that's it. And then you just put it back together Button in it reverse all back order. Up. Yeah. Okay, well, hopefully this is giving you some encouragement to tackle these small engine repairs. This is definitely something that is a DIY thing. There are things, uh, like we're talking about, making those minor adjustments and stuff like that, that is a little bit more of an art, and you got to like kind of learn the sound of the motor and all that stuff. But we wanted to encourage you guys that, look, even if it is the carburetor or whatever, look, most of the time it's just cleaning the thing out. So do not give up on your small engine so quickly. Uh, And then hopefully you've got a Brandon near you (laughs) that uh, will be able to help you out and has done this for years and years and years. So I know that that's, it's funny because I don't really do a whole lot on my small engines because I do have Brandon nearby and I just take mine over there to his house and be like, Brandon, fix this. And he's like, okay, fine. But anyhow, I hope this has given you some encouragement. I know this has been a little bit of a different show for us this week. It's just a completely different dynamic without Dave and Josh here. Uh, But they will be back soon. We'll get this thing figured out. And hey, guys, uh, stay safe out there with this crazy coronavirus thing going on. We are just hoping and praying that this thing passes very, very quickly. Anyways, thanks for spending some time with us this week. No bonus segment this week, but we will be back hopefully next week with uh, something crazy and interesting for you guys for the bonus segment. Anyways, uh, take a look at our Facebook group page and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And I think Brandon has something else to say. Yeah, just one other quick little thing is uh, if if you're even remotely interested in trying to learn, just 
as a backup in case something you have breaks, keep your eyes peeled on trash day. Like when you're leaving your neighborhood to go to work or whatever. That's so true. I'm Just glad you said that. Look, look out. People throw stuff away. Because they don't have the Brandon down the street, so they're just like, I'm done with this motor, and they stick it out on the road. That's right. And if you see one, they threw it out for a reason, so stop, throw it in your trunk, and then later on, mess with it, see what happens, and what's the worst that can happen? You're you're out a few minutes? Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a great idea, because then you have something to to tinker with, for sure. I'm glad you stopped me. And if if, if you get it running, you're like, this is awesome, just that feeling of accomplishment that you get from taking something out of the trash and making it work again. There you go. Just don't be like a hoarder like you though, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, well, let's not get started on that. Anyhow. I'm not a hoarder. Uh-huh. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks so much for spending time with us this week. We will catch you guys next time. Bye.